once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Today, we have a super awesome guest, Miss Tracy Vera of Metal Blade Records, president of Metal Blade Records. She has agreed to join us today, and we're super glad to have her here. She's had an impressive career in metal, so get ready for some massive knowledge bombs to drop on y'all. But first, (laughs) I do just want to say thank you for joining us today. We're super happy to have you on the podcast. Um, nice to be here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so for the people who may not really know, like, your history or anything like that, do you want to just give, like, a brief overview of how you got started in the industry and, and you know, what brought you into the industry? Sure. Well, i huge fan of, uh, of heavy metal, obviously. And... Um, I was just working at a restaurant and going to college and a friend of mine got a job at a record shop and she called me up and said, hey, there's an opening here at this record store and you love music so much, you should get down here right away and see if you can get the job. And so I did. And, uh, you know, I never kind of never looked back. That was the most fun job I've ever had working at a record store. Um, After a while, I became the heavy metal buyer just because I was really into heavy metal and nobody else in the store was. And uh, then I eventually became the manager. And uh, I also started to do a heavy metal radio show at a local station. Mm-hmm. And from those contacts that I made in those two places, um, I met a lot of people that worked in um, the metal industry in the 80s. You know, people like Maria Ferraro um, from Adrenaline PR, but, you know, and uh, people at Roadrunner and uh, also. Cheryl Valentine, who worked at Metal Blade. And, uh, you know, I just made a lot of contacts and I was like, oh my God, there's this business. You know, I wonder if I could get a job like they have, you know? So eventually in 1990, I moved out to LA and I did some field marketing for MCA for a while, but then I ended up getting a job at Metal Blade after about six months in retail marketing. Mm -hmm. And I just grew up there at Metal Blade over the last 30 years. And, uh, did everything from production to booking advertising, uh, some legal work, production, uh, you know, I said production, um, and obviously marketing. But uh, yeah, so here I am. So what is it exactly that you do at Metal Blade? Like your role as president, like, can you kind of define for everybody what, what that actually means? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I used to do more logistical stuff um and recently when brian made me president it started to shift or did shift even more into really overseeing uh the entire operation from the bottom or from the top down um and so i have a general manager who's also fantastic heather parsons who does most of the logistics and production stuff now and um so mostly i i focus on legal and financial overseeing, you know, I have an accountant and everything uh, who's also wonderful, um, Diana Tanda. And uh, I work on 
all the hiring and firing and oh. <laughs> royalties, oversee royalties, you know, but mostly it's in a overseeing capacity. Um, yeah, and we work on the entire direction of the label, although I, I do that in conjunction with Brian Slagle, whose vision is the label. So you're, you're kind of like the boss, but Brian still like got the role of founder, I guess, as vision, right? Yes. Cool. Very cool. Um, can you kind of go over just a little bit on how, what the dip, like, kind of like what the different roles are at Metal Blade that are kind of under you then just like kind of differentiate? Cause I know a lot of people probably go to you and want to get signed, but I'm, and I would assume, I'm assuming at least, is that correct? Yes. Um, but we do have, we have A&R uh, staff, both on both sides of the ocean and pretty much everybody can, you know, everybody can put something forth, uh, if you will. Um, and, and have, you know, I've brought stuff in directly myself. Um, and then we also have like Ryan Williams, who's, who works in A&R. And Mike Faley is very important with A&R. And he's been doing that for a long time as well. And Brian himself will often bring bring things in. For example, he was very pivotal in signing Killswitch Engage. Oh, cool. You know, um, and then I think there was a second part to that question, but I forgot what it was already. <laughs> um, it was basic. It was just basically kind of like how a band would go about kind of who would who would they kind of contact like if they wanted to like actually get in touch with somebody at Metal Blade about getting signed because obviously I don't think it would be you directly it would probably be Ryan I would think yes generally that would be Ryan cool so basically what would they do they just kind of like email them or <laughs> yeah I think on our website there's like explicit instructions you know we don't I don't think we take demos demo tapes anymore though for a long time we did um, I think that we request a link uh, to music and whatever else is going on and you know, with the band. Uh, but sometimes we reach out to bands directly, like we're always on the lookout as well. So, and I know that, um, you know, it'd be, it might be interesting to know what would attract a, a label's attention um, as well. So, you know, we're always looking to see what social media stats a band is actually built around themselves. You know, it's like, it used to sort of be that you might, record a demo and then send it to a label without ever actually playing a show or or publishing that music anywhere um and i think that at least for a label of our size that that doesn't really work anymore you know mm -hmm. totally. yeah that's actually leading into the next question of what you guys actually look for when you're looking at potential bands so we've got you know social media I'm sure it's not just all about the numbers, but also what kind of engagement that they get and things like that. But what other kind of things are you looking at? Are you looking at their image? Are you uh, looking at how many shows they've played? What kind of things should bands really put a lot of effort into making sure that they're on point to attract your or any label's attention really? Yeah, it's all that. It's, uh, you know, we look at, and then even, uh, a lot of times bands will have music out on Spotify or whatever now um, uh, or SoundCloud. And, uh, you know, yeah, we look at every stat. We look at Bandcamp. Um, when, we're, when we are making decisions about signing, you know, usually Ryan or someone will compile all those stats and 
we'll discuss them in the office and we'll talk about even the just the musical flavor of the band and where they might fit, um, you know, marketing wise. And another thing that I think is important or that I we've done a lot is there's a lot of labels out there that are smaller labels um, that might be a good place for a band to start before Metal Blade, you know, um, to sort of cut their, it depends on the type of band they are, like, and if they need that, if they need that physical push, especially in Europe, there's a lot of great small labels that deal with more like mail order and direct to consumer sales. And uh, they really, it's a really a good place for bands to sort of cut their teeth and, and grow up and get that, you know, get that, experience and and you know and then play some shows etc etc it's like just out of the gate it's not it's not it's, it's not it's it's hard to build something from zero um and i think where our team comes in uh or where we do our best work is when a band has already gotten a little something going and then we can bring you to the next level you know not that i want to poach bands from smaller labels who i mm. actually really admire but often those labels will make deals that are uh, for one album or, you know, or, or whatever. So it's, um, it, it's appropriate anyway, so. Tracy, I have a bit of a follow-up to that because I know one thing a lot of people will say is, I mean, you gotta have the focus on the music obviously, right? As being like the key thing. Um, but can you kind of go over like how big in numbers you got a, a label like you guys would be looking for when you're talking about Spotify plays and the social media, if, if you have a number? Um, you know, we've signed everything from this really tiny numbers uh, yeah. all the way up. I mean, it, it's not, it's more about being able to sort of gauge um, what kind of a, a deal we'll offer, like in terms of the money, uh, how much, you know, and also just, getting a sense of the flavor of the band. Like there might be a band that doesn't really perform on Spotify, but they've sold a lot of units uh, direct to consumer or, you know, or in Bandcamp. So we might, and then we might look at doing a different sort of deal, you know, like a, a band where they have higher streaming numbers might want a really high digital rate, but not really care about the physical rate as much. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, a band that has the, the flip side of that might be looking for, you know, a higher physical rate or a different sort of deal structure. Yeah, I guess it kind of depends upon what kind of numbers they have from what source then. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very complicated nowadays. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. With all the different different methods of distributing your music and all the different outlets and everything, it does get a little, little tricky figuring everything out. Yeah, now I just wanted to clarify just on one thing. What do you, when do you think a band would be ready to actually make the jump to a label versus releasing independently? Like, what would be your opinion? Like, you said you want something there already, but like, what do you, like, what would you do? Like, if you're an independent band, when would you start looking at making the jump to a label? Hmm. Well, I mean, again, that's, that's, it, it's kind of varied. Like we have a band called Midnight and they had uh, several releases out. Um, full album releases and you know it, it they always wanted to be independent and at a certain point though it was it did become important to them to get to that next level and so they finally made the jump and we had been watching them and talking to them for a long time um 
but then there, there's a lot of other bands like um, Kardashev, it's a, a new release that we have out. Uh, they, you know, they had one, I think it's like an EP. And so it just kind of depends on the band. Fair enough. It's, it's, nope. There's no one answer. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. It, it's, it's just a common question people get asked. Yeah. Like, I know if you don't really know, it's like, yeah, I guess it kind of depends on how much they tour and how much they actually sell and what they're looking to do type of a thing. Yeah. It okay. reminds me of that scene from The Notebook where he's asking, what do you want? And she just can't answer because there's no, no yeah. one exact specific answer to it all. Um, but what would you say is the number one like piece of advice you would give to a new band that's maybe on the cusp of, you know, being ready to start label shopping? What's the one thing you would say, this is the, the thing you need to keep in mind when you're doing that? Mm. One thing. Well, I mean, it's, it's got to come down to the music. It's mm -hmm. the, you know, ma make sure that it's, it's great. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what else to say. It really, it's, you know, all social media aside and all sales aside, uh, we often just say, hell with it. This band's amazing. We're just going to work with this band because we love them and we all love them. And usually it'll end up paying off in the end. That's another question that I had. When it comes to signing a band, um, you guys tend to work on it, like everybody kind of needs to agree to bring the band on. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. It's got to be unanimous for you guys. Yep. Generally. Uh, and the reason for that is because we, Metal Blade is a very tight team. Um, mm -hmm. And we want everybody to be invested in what we do because then we give, well, we expect the bands to give their best. And of course, most bands do. I mean, they're invested in what they do. They love it. That you know, they they're giving their whole lives for it. So we want to kind of do the same in return. You know, we want to um, we want to give them we want to give them something back. You know, and and do our part to you know to help. Yeah, to help it's establish them to push somebody that not everybody believes in because it's you know someone somewhere is going to drop something if not everybody's on the same page. So I, yeah. I do, really, I respect that about you guys. It's, it's such an awesome team that you guys have over there. It's a lot of passionate people. Mm -hmm. So I have one more question unless Corey has one, but basically can you kind of go over what would be the main thing that could get your attention or Ryan's attention, I guess, since he's the main A&R guy, if a band wanted to, you know, get on Metal Blade's radar? What would be like the one thing other than like maybe sales figures? Uh, well, I think even with him, it, it goes back to the music. I think he spends a lot of time listening all the time to music like uh, that's out there, new new bands and just about the, the discovery. And sometimes it's, uh, well, this isn't one thing, but sometimes the other bands on our labels will bring a band to us like a, oh, this local, you know, we had this local act that opened for us and they were amazing and, you know, that sort of thing. But So how often do you get referrals from other bands? Is that like regular or is that kind of like out of not regular? Hmm, I would say regular. Okay, cool. Okay, so may so like if, so if you're if you're already working with or sorry, I'm open for that band, you probably have a better shot of landing on the radar, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, 
it's a good way to make a connection. And, and, you know, that was, that would be the other thing, make all the connections you can, uh, um, you know, in the, in the business. Oh, no, that sounds good to me. Corey, do we have any more questions we want to ask? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we've got her here. We're going to make the most of this time because Tracy is super awesome. Now switching away oh. from bands, you've been in the industry, you know, for a while, for a minute, for a bit. And, um, I know there are a lot of people on the flip side of things, people like me who are more behind the scenes and wanting to get involved in the industry. What kind of tips would you have for somebody wanting to get started either at a record label or, you know, a management firm, just something along those lines to kind of cut their teeth in the industry? Well, I mean, it's, I think, I think it's kind of like where I started. I mean, obviously you can't always get a, um, a job at a record store anymore because there just aren't that many but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of other ways you could you could uh work with your local venues you could um get a radio show on a local college station um I, just for starters or intern i mean i'm talking about at the really ground level um but again it's really about like getting to know people and uh you know i don't know it's it's uh, like some of uh, some of our people came from basically from nowhere. Well, intern, I think a couple of them interned. Um, Diana, who's in the accounting side, which is probably not the, mo not the most glamorous side. She worked at Hollywood Sound and then worked at Century Media and then came to Metal Blade. But she had a you know some accounting training. Um, you know, most people want to be into A and R or <laughs> you know the what the more glamorous uh, jobs. So I don't really, I don't know. It's hard to say. That's ears. Hmm? On the surface, those jobs seem glamorous, and but they're yeah. not always. They're really hard, guys. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so, actually, I've noticed that a lot with a few of the people that we've um, that we've interviewed on here is they've gotten their their start just doing their own thing. Either they started a blog and built up a portfolio started a radio show, like you said, and built up their own kind of repertoire. But I think my favorite saying was said on here was um, your network is your net worth. Mm -hmm. So how would you advise somebody try to build up their network in this industry to kind of, you know, get more opportunities? Are you mm. more of a, is it more social media or going to shows, a mix of both? What do you think works best? Uh, yeah, all of the above. I mean, it's, you know, my, the network that I've created over the years is different than probably some of the networks that somebody younger might create. I, I would go to meet them. Like I would go to all the, the conferences, like maybe, maybe nowadays you would go to Comic-Con instead or, um, trying to think of, or Psycho Vegas, but yeah, so maybe, maybe events, you know, I think, I think festivals are a great opportunity where, um, a lot of people are together that are in the industry. Um, and there's a lot, often a lot of opportunity there for, for you know, meeting and, and mingling with different people that might be able to help. Oh yeah, it, that's totally true. The, the festivals are definitely the kind of the bread and butter of meeting everybody, bands and, and industry folks alike. But I'm sure, Curtis, you've been quiet for too long and it's making I, me uncomfortable. Well, I'm sure I'm going to follow up. <laughs> I'm in a direction. That's why I was waiting to see where you were going. Oh, yeah, go for it. 
I well, want you to know, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I, as I mentioned in, in the other thing we did, Corey, we, um, I have sort of a love hate uh, feeling about social media. So it, oh, yeah, yeah. I think some people like Brian Slagel, he has a huge amount of followers and, and, you know, he likes to interact and I'm just, I'm not, you know, not everybody is that, that way. Or, you know, I mean, I know yeah, we're supposed to be lives. They're a lot of fun. He hasn't been doing them as much, but yeah, I used to tune into his lives and I, I've always appreciated that he was accessible to answering people's questions. That was always, mm. that, yeah, that's a really fun thing. So if people aren't following Brian, y'all should do that. <laughs> yeah. And I always felt like he's kind of a rock star. Like I'm not really a rock star, but Brian is. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I feel yep. the same way as you. I'm kind of like the, why is everybody looking at me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, where was I going? I was going to ask a question. Oh, it was about internships. People always are asking about internships. How does someone get an internship at like Metal Blade, for example? They, they reach out to us. Usually they would talk to Heather in our office, our general manager, and then she sort of figures out if it's applicable, if they have a, you know, applicable sort of interest and experience and, and seem like they would be a good fit. And uh, yeah, and we've, we've, we've had it usually, um, it's done for college credit. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not just expecting free work. But, <laughs> yeah. But is there like, um, so you just reach out to Heather, you, and give your resume that's just the simplicity of it there's nothing really else yeah. to emailing and saying here, here I am I want to do an internship yeah and that's just having having an in, having an interest you know and having um knowledge like you know maybe if you kind of you know you you put some you know oh my god I've been to this you know it, it's funny because enthusiasm might be like you know I don't know misconstrued but it's like, no, I've been to every Cannibal Corpse show since whatever, or what I have, I don't know. Like being able to actually know our catalog might go a long way too. Mm -hmm. Well, just out of curiosity, where would you, you just put, okay, so just out of curiosity, so you would be putting that on the resume about your knowledge of Metal Blade stuff? Cause that's awesome. Maybe, maybe that, maybe on the head, header letters, <laughs> the subject header letter, you know, front page. <laughs> Because that just that sounds awesome. Um, okay, so now can you kind of describe what an internship would kind of be like? Because a lot of people again kind of think it's like the glamorous type thing. Oh, so. Really? <laughs> I've it, heard. Um, it. Yeah, usually <laughs> yeah. it's not. But the thing is, you or uh, especially now that we're back in the office, more or less, um, you get to hear a lot because we talk to each other all day long. Like, you know we're because we're such a close-knit team we'll be running out of one office and into the next one and so you really learn a lot so though you might be stuffing packages if you keep your ears open um you will learn a lot about the way a label functions and it's not it's not a it's a difficult business to describe mm -hmm. you know people think from the outside sometimes people be like oh what do you do you're a, like a recording studio no we sort of cause records to be recorded but and then we market them <laughs> oh so you sell them to the stores well, well we have a distributor <laughs> you know it's like it's there's a lot of layers of what we do so um i i usually say that we're primarily a marketing company but you know but there's a lot of other aspects to what we do cool so 
I'm just thinking what else I want to ask about the internship aspect. Well, okay. Last part about internships is like, how likely would someone be to get a job working with Metal Blade if they successfully did an internship with you guys? Um, well, I think the general manager started as an intern. <laughs> I think Heather yeah. started as an intern for That's our cool. publicist. Yeah. And she was just fantastic. And I'm not even sure that working in the music business was where she thought that she was going. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, a way of life at Metal Blade. But we have other, we have a, our last intern um, wound up as a guitar player in our band, Lizzie Borden. So that's kind of interesting too, you know? You never kind of can tell where it's gonna, where you're gonna end up when you break through in this industry. <laughs> you never know where you're gonna land. Yep. Yep. Um, I got one more question, Corey, unless you got, got one. Go for it. Cool. Um, so what, how do I want to phrase this? Which band kind of got you into the Metal Blade family? Like what, what was the actual band that you were the fan of out of curiosity that kind of led you, if there was one? Ooh. If there was one. <laughs> huh. I would say Fate's Warning, but I'm from Connecticut. Um, and then also uh, I met, Brian Seigel for the first time at a Princess Pang show at Toad's Place in New Haven in 1988. And then I'm also, well, I'm also, you know, I'm also married to the bass player in Armored Saint. Yep. Um, so they were, a, you know, they were actually, I'm a big fan of, of them. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know. Cool. Um, I can never just name one. I can never name one. We'll name a couple then. So you can name a couple. That's totally. Yeah, it's I would say Fates. Fates ask, yeah. It's always when people ask, like, "What's your favorite band?" or "What's your favorite anything?" It's like, okay, I can give you my three favorite subgenres, but that's about as much as I can narrow it down. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, what else do we want to ask Tracy, Corey? I am actually good on my end we've given people i know it seems like a shorter podcast but there's a lot of things in here for people to think about and to consider yeah. on you know before they start label shopping what they can can do really beef up your socials make sure your image is on point make sure your music is on point you got to have it all put together before you all start reaching out to labels yep do you have anything final that you want to impart like any words of wisdom or anything not really, just maybe when you're doing those things, as you mentioned, uh, run it by someone that you know, that you respect, or that another um, artist in the same genre that you respect, that you're friends with, um, you know, get an outside opinion on, on, on your presentation, on the music and on your, your stats. I don't know, that would be something to think about. Sometimes a band is almost like too close to everything they do. Yeah, but. always have the outside person on there. Mm. Mm -hmm. definitely that, that, okay that would be it cool all right so with that we're going to end off party on Corey. party on guys thank if you enjoyed this podcast please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice you can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about Thanks for listening to C-Squared.